Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my ADHD diagnosis, which um, I just got yesterday. Um, I had been suspecting for a while um, that I had um, ADHD as well, specifically combined type. ADHD, um, I, I noticed that there were a lot of, um, things that I experience, such as intense spurts of hyperactivity, and then, um, also moments where I have a lot of executive dysfunction, and I get burned out, and, uh, it's a constant, um, flux in between hyperactivity and executive dysfunction and burnout. Um, I feel like it's, uh, I've always had that difficulty to regulate in between the two, which is pretty much uh, one of the main characteristics of ADHD and, and what it means and, and how it affects most people. And of course, ADHD is an entire complex. It's more than you know, just one trait or the other. A lot of people think of it only as executive dysfunction. Uh, a lot of it, people thinking of it, think of it um, because of the way it's worded as a, more of a, a not being able to pay attention, but it's not, it's more of a difficulty to regulate attention, um, which can translate like if you're not really interested in something and you get distracted by something else, that can come across as not being able to pay attention, but it, in, in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of other ADHD people, um, it is more about regulating that. And so basically, I, I knew for a long time, of course, that I had this um, push and pull with hyperactivity and burnout, executive dysfunction, but I never, um, I, I think I always associated it more to, I think early on in life, I just associated, associated it to my personality. And um, after I got my autism diagnosis, I, I assumed that it was more directly related to the autism. Uh, but then as I started reading more about nuances and differences in between autism and ADHD, I started figuring out that the autism makes sense for stuff like social communication struggles, um, speech delays, um, neuromotor functioning struggles, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, things, uh, sensory sensitivities, things like that. But I'm now realizing, and I used to always, you know, I used to always attribute the hyperactivity and the executive dysfunction um, to to the autism, and I think it can play a role as well. But but I'm now realizing that hyperactivity and executive functioning is more related to ADHD, and then also noticing and and reading about how many autistic people have both autism and ADHD, and then also having my therapist tell me at one point that 
a lot of providers, if they diagnose you with one, uh, one of those, they don't bother to diagnose you with the other because there is a lot of overlap. And, um, you know, a lot of times you, people do have both. Um, but there's so much overlap that usually uh, a lot of times you don't get both diagnoses. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I decided to, I had also been having some sleep troubles with, um, you know, some insomnia due to the hyperactivity. And so that's why I ended up eventually getting a recommendation from my therapist to see a doctor that specializes in sleep and um turns out he also um works with folks um with adhd and so he is also able to diagnose adhd and so he did go through all the criteria with me asked me several questions um you know related to hyperactivity impulsivity um fidgeting um inattentiveness uh you know basically went through the the DSM criteria of ADHD and after asking several questions felt like maybe at least five or ten questions related to all those things and a little bit about my experience and examples of how I experienced those things he did say that I do meet the criteria for combined type ADHD which is symptoms of inattention inattentive adhd and symptoms of combined um no symptoms of hyperactive adhd at the same time so combined um and uh so it's interesting the feeling because uh on one hand it is just very validating because i had been suspecting this for a very long time but, you know, without having a medical diagnosis for ADHD itself, I, it was hard for me to, you know, just because of the society we grow up in and that how there's so much um, ableism and doubt around us in terms of constructed ideas of what these conditions are supposed to look like because we, um, we haven't been shown the full nuances of, of these conditions from the inside, from the perspective of disabled folks, where we just tend to be shown stigmas and stereotypes in media. So if you don't have a professional diagnosis and you don't fit the stereotypical idea of what autism or what ADHD is supposed to, quote, supposed to look like for most people, um, then a lot of times you're dead, gaslit and doubted. And so you end up gaslighting and doubting yourself. So Getting this diagnosis um, was definitely, I think, mostly a validation for me. Um, it also made me a little bit bummed that I didn't get it sooner because I could have been kinder to myself in moments that I was struggling because of the ADHD. I feel like I was always, um, I would always resort to just blaming myself and, you know, kind of similar to the autism, like thinking that I'm a broken neurotypical and then just realizing, oh, I'm just autistic. Oh, I have ADHD. Like, that's why I struggle with these certain things, you know, be it something related to the autism or something related to the ADHD. Um, so it's, it, I wish that I had known that sooner. So I had been kinder to myself. And so I had also um, 
been able to advocate for myself um, when I was younger in terms of getting accommodations in school and such and even at work in certain work situations. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it makes sense to me. I feel like I generally masked the inattentiveness very well. Uh, and my dad actually even told me that he did know he would notice that sometimes I, I do have kind of a poker face, but you know, um, and he, he always assumed it was hereditary because he actually also just recently got diagnosed with ADHD very late. And, um, he was almost 50, I believe when he got diagnosed, um, just a few years ago. And, you know, he always associated, of course, he always associated his inattentiveness with a personal, you know, characteristic or personality. And, and now, you know, he's figuring out it's also because he is AD, he has ADHD. And now I'm figuring out that that was because, not just because of my personality, like my inattentiveness, that me having to mask it. It's not just my personality. It's not just being autistic. It's also ADHD. So it's just making more sense now in terms of that. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, before I check out here, I just wanted to to say that this speaks to the major issue we still have with a system that requires you to jump through these hoops, financial hoops, getting a diagnosis is not cheap. And I was very fortunate to be in a financial position where I could afford to get this diagnosis because a lot of people can't afford to get this diagnosis and then they can't get the support they need because the ADA actually discriminates against people with hidden disabilities because it states that you have to prove your disability or your diagnosis in order to get accommodations and no one should have to prove anything because there would be no benefit for anyone to to fake something that they if they don't need support for it i just don't understand this rhetoric because there's no benefit there's no benefit in faking whatsoever like do people do not treat you nicely if you're disabled this this whole idea that people are like treat you nicely if you're disabled is just not true because disabled folks like i like myself wouldn't be speaking out on these things if if that were true if we were getting treated equally by society so let's just throw that that whole um thing out the window with uh you know hype trend or whatever i don't i made an episode on that already episode 91 about how ableist that kind of thinking is um, and gaslighting people that need support. But um, I just think it's it's very frustrating how people have to jump through these financial hoops. Like they don't, a lot of times they don't even have the money to be able to afford this diagnosis and then they're expected to be able to come up with this diagnosis somehow to prove that they get support that they really need and people end up in chronic burnout because they can never get this diagnosis so they can never get the support and they end up blaming themselves because everyone else blames them you know like we have to jump through these financial logistical societal cultural hoops to prove that we struggle with something and need proper support if a person says they are struggling they should get support no matter what, no matter if they can afford a diagnosis or not. That's the point that I wanted to make before leaving, um, before closing out this episode. 
Um, anyways, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope you were able to get something from it. Um, I will probably be talking a lot more about ADHD now, not just autism. I have been talking a lot about ADHD already, but I'll be talking about it even more, having more guests with ADHD on board as well, hopefully. And yeah, um, once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.